Welcome to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast, where we talk all things social media marketing to help your Christian media, Christian missionary, or church outreach find the seekers in your context. We want to help you get the right message in front of the right person at the right time and even on the right device. Are you ready? Here's your host, John Rawls, owner of Kavanaugh Media. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. My name is John and we're in the midst of a pandemic. It just continues to go on and on. And I don't know how that's affecting you, but I'm seeing here where we are at that it is just continuing to force churches and schools and individuals to have to figure out what does life look like? What do we need to be doing? And online is a huge part of that whole process. And so today's podcast, I am using just a portion of a teaching I just did with a collection of about 70 campus ministers from around the United States who are trying to leverage online and social media to continue to reach out to their students and to find seekers in their context. And so I have edited this down. This is some questions that they have asked and a little bit of testimony of them finding a seeker. In fact, it ended up being one of the leaders in this campus ministry's student outreach by using social media. And so I hope that this teaching, this podcast today will be a benefit to you. I think there's some new stuff in there. Even if you are not working in obviously a campus ministry in the United States, wherever you may be, I'm hoping that there will be some training in this that will benefit you. Maybe even just some repetition because that's always good. And so without any more delay, here is a part of my almost an hour and 45 minute webinar that I did. Here's a shortened version of some of that. I hope it benefits you. Um, All right. Well, uh, John, I would love just to start our time. um, You would just give a brief introduction about yourself and just kind of what ministry has looked like for you and your family over the years. Yeah. Okay. Well, first of all, thanks to all of you for letting me for doing this in this time. I, I know this isn't the normal time for you all, but also just to have this opportunity to share with you. I, I really do appreciate it. I'm honored to get to do that. And I'm, I'm thankful to just see so many of you that are doing campus ministry and to see how that has grown since not that long ago, ago when people like Roy Weiss and others were like such a groundbreaking person in the whole idea of reaching out to college students and even reaching the nations through campus ministry. And so uh, thanks for letting me do this. I really do appreciate it. Um, so could you, uh, just for, again, I mean, me coming in a not silly tech savvy, I, you know, maybe don't use social media a whole, whole lot. Um, what, when, when you say like social media marketing, what do you, what does that mean? And why is that important for us? Why is that something we should be thinking about? Yeah. Good question. So, I mean, all of you all know social media, you've heard of Facebook or Instagram. You, I mean, you're working with college kids and they're digital natives. So they already get it. That's a place where they are. And a lot of times we're trying to figure out what is it that they're doing. And then it's constantly changing. So where they're at, what they're doing, all of that stuff. Second, you know, it's just, it's common to them. And so they very much are natives to that. We're trying to figure it out. And so when you talk about social media or digital media, if you take the ones that people are on a lot. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. Um, I mean, there's tons of the ones that are out there. 
Pinterest, LinkedIn, whatever that somebody's on, there are ways for you to post content um, and to put something out on it for free. But then there's also a way for you to do advertisements that allow you to speak to the type of person that you want to speak to. And so when you start talking about marketing, you're talking about the ability to generate awareness. So for you all would be that your ministry just even exists uh, to let them kind of get a side door entry into your ministry so they can begin to see a little bit about what you're about. And then at some point to reach out to you, maybe it's to send a message or to come to an event or do something else that that is a process that takes a, a, quite a bit of time. And so a lot of times mistakes I see that people make is that they they run an ad here or there or whatever, and they think, OK, well, it didn't work. Well, no, it's no different than, you know, old days of running an ad in a paper in the religious section around Easter like that just that's not going to work. But with time, the more you understand who your target audience is, who you're trying to speak to, and really know their pains, both internal and external, what does it look like? You're able to craft messages that are that are good news and give you that opportunity to let them know that you exist, that you're there to, to help them or to serve them, and to hopefully see them begin that conversation with you, which could lead them to coming to faith. And so for me, being overseas, you know, my heart goes to international students. So if you wanted to reach out to a group of international students that are showing up a week before school starts, potentially, at least at UCM, that's the way it worked. You could target geographically. So you can drop a pin on your campus and say, I only want my ad talking about our ministry to be within this one mile circle. You can say within that one mile circle, I only want 18 to 24 year olds. You can say I only want people who are 18 or 24 year olds who speak Mandarin Chinese to see this ad. Now, all of a sudden, even though you may have 10,000 students on your campus, the size of that audience that you're actually showing the ads to is pretty small at that point. In fact, it could be too small. You might have to make it a little bit bigger. Well, by, by getting so detailed on your targeting, you're spending very little amount of money, and you're able to then get the right message in front of the right person. And so even though Coca-Cola and you name it, except for during July, like when everybody's been uh, boycotting Facebook, uh, Facebook, the, you know, these big brands are out there and they're putting stuff out on Facebook and, and Instagram and everything else. Well, you can, you can play in that same playground. You can advertise as well, but you can really narrow the audience of who you're trying to reach. And that allows you to do it for a very small amount. So we do this overseas to find seekers. We're finding that one to 2% of any people group around the world are receptive to the gospel if you give them enough time, enough repetitions, enough exposure. So it's not just you just throw one out uh, ad out there or you, you don't put something out on social media about what you want. You know, come to our event. Okay, that's not what they're looking for. That's, that's not where they're at. And you boost it. Okay, all that may get you is some thumbs up, some likes or whatever else, but it doesn't end up getting that relationship. So think conversations before conversions and social media allows you to have them, those who are seeking, if you do the right message to the right person, you could they reach out to you. And so we just ran a bunch of ads in close to 20 different countries around the world here just a few weeks ago. We had nearly 4,500 private messages from people. And this is them reaching out to workers. So it's a completely different paradigm. And that is what social media, specifically social media marketing is allowing us to do. And it works the best when it's layered with what in marketing we call organic or just non-paid. So you don't have to put money behind everything you're doing, but an intentional strategy 
will help you make sure that you are speaking to the right person. And so give you an example. If you've got foreign students that are showing up on your campus and they're there the week before any other students show up, you let them know that you exist. You let them know you're you're able. You have people that can take them to Walmart. You have people that can help them get settled. You have people that can do whatever. It allows you to speak to them in a scale and in a way that feels comfortable to them that you just cannot do physically. And and you can see the results. That's the other thing I really like about it. You can see very much, hey, we spent $100 and we had a 1,000 people see this ad. And we ended up having 10 people who came to this event or whatever, uh, or one person, whatever that number might be. You can see these metrics, which is something I really like because when you're just putting out pamphlets, Every one of you in this call knows how that's been. You've, you've put out pamphlets and then you walk someplace else and you see the trash can that's filled with pamphlets and, and people take them or they do whatever else with it. And you don't know how many people actually saw them, read them. You know, you just don't know. With this, you can get very specific. You know how many people have seen the ad and you can know how many people have responded. Maybe it's coming to your website or whatever. So that's really what I do and work with teams to train them how to do that or just run the ads themselves for them as, as a business. That's what we do. I want to ask a question specifically about college students. You had, you had talked about earlier, um, college students in general, you made the comment, you know, it's mainly Facebook, Instagram. You said Instagram is probably where we most are. Could you talk a little bit about what... What are the social media platforms that college students Gen Z now yeah. are using? What do we need to be a part of? Like, is TikTok something that we're just going to have to say yes to and like just hop on board? Like, what's where do we need to be investing uh, energy in when it comes to social media? Well, the key there is where are your students? And there are to- there are tools that can show you, but you can also just start asking around. Hey, what do you use a lot? Where you know what what do you what channel do you find yourself in? I hear this all the time. Oh, nobody's on Facebook. Yeah, there's like over 2 billion people that's on Facebook. And the other thing is, is Facebook owns Instagram. So all these people said, oh, I, I hate Facebook. I hate Zuckerberg, whatever. And then they're like, but I love Instagram. And so they use that or they use WhatsApp, which Facebook owns that too. All right. So I'd say Instagram is one. I think Instagram really works well for campus ministries because there's so much just cool stuff and people love behind the scenes. They love just real videos and just stuff that's happening. It gives them, like I said earlier, a, a chance to see that side door entry, just kind of a little bit behind the scenes, what's happening in your ministry instead of some professional, like an ad. It's more of a just, hey, you know, here, here we are, or here's what's happening. And those can be organic, free, or you could put paid ones out there as well. I think Twitter is a huge one with college students. Snapchat, uh, definitely TikTok is, though I'm just not sure what in the world's going to happen with TikTok. Like there's a lot of security issues that I worry about with that one. But I know like for my younger son, that's the marketing one. He's had some TikTok videos that have been several hundred thousand people, I believe, that have watched it. And like it's been part of the fun for him is to try to create this viral content. And and they're actually pretty cool. So I mean, th- those are neat things that are out there. Uh, Snapchat, like I said, is a big one. I think it's still big. I, I still think there's Twitter's another one. If you have athletes that you're reaching out to in any of your campuses, Twitter's a huge one. That that is a that is a big one that I'm seeing among college athletes. That Twitter's used. Coaches reach out to them, and so they they followed certain people on that. But the the key there is there's not as much brand loyalty. And so among this Gen Z, they may be on something and then they'll, they'll, they're going to skip and go to something else if, if this isn't doing what they want or if the people that they that represent it in some way don't, don't represent them, 
then there's no brand loyalty to those social media channels. So it's, it's important for us to continue to put our ear you know, to the ground and just ask questions. Uh, that's the thing I love about college students. They have no problem telling you what, what they're thinking, what they like, what they don't like or whatever. And so that's just part of the research that we have to do is to figure out what are they using and what are they looking for and, and listening, just learning to listen. Uh, it's just so, so very important. Um, and we learn through that process, which then we can begin to speak truth in a relevant way to them. So those are the channels I'm, I'm saying, and I still spend most of my time, if it's college students with Instagram, I've done some Snapchat, uh, I've done Twitter, but even in the U S uh, Instagram, and because I can get so focused on my ads that I can't do to the same degree in some of these other channels. So I love being able to say to a really small audience that speak a certain language or certain age or certain location, like you can do that with Snapchat, you can do geographic targeting, but the ability that, that the Facebook world has is still pretty powerful. And yet that's going to change. So in the next year, uh, a lot of this, the abilities that we have to do such granular targeting is going to be, it's going to have to take a step back for a while as we figure out privacy. And a lot of these things like tr- tracking codes that sound you know, spooky, but they're really not that, that spooky. They, that they can be, but they also allow us to see relevant ads. And so one of the things when I do a training is uh, I love cowboy boots. And so there's a certain brand that I really like, and th- they, I can go to their website, I can get the cowboy boots and then pick a certain boot and then I can just click and leave that site and I'll go to like USA Today doing it live. And every time I've ever done this, as soon as I open up USA Today, I see an ad for those boots. And so uh, that's that idea of being able to continue to put something in people's mind, the pebble in their shoes. And some of that, that's going to go away for a little bit. I think the ability is going to come back, but it's going to look different. So, but even so we can, we're the, the underlying technology and tools are still going to be there. And in, as long as we have the internet and as long as we have people trying to sell things, there's going to be ways for us to use that to try to make Jesus famous and to find seekers at the same time as well. So say that I want to take a step with this. Um, what is my first step? And yeah, what's my first step if I would say, okay, I want to try this ad stuff. Well, it's probably like a lot of first steps. It probably depends on what. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, okay. So I would say to any one of you, even though they're taking away the, the what's called the Facebook pixel and, and Google analytics. Uh, well, that's still going to be there, but the, the, some of these tracking things that are go, it's called a pixel. It's just a small little bit of code that goes in your site. If you don't know anything about that, like I would Google that. And I, there's courses on my site, but they can show you how to make sure that's on your website. So like we just moved to Maribel and we're trying to find a church. And, and the problem is, is that I don't fit in anyway. So when you're, you, when you've been a missionary, you, you come back to say, sometimes you're like, all right, I just don't fit. So like your political things don't fit well in a box, you, you know, whatever. It's like the doesn't play well with others or something kind of a thing. And so we're just trying to find a church where um, we're the least weird maybe that we can, um, or whatever that we can be a part of. And we've always had house groups and stuff. So you know, trying to figure that thing out, we've been looking at tons of websites and I'm looking how they do them. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is bad. Or like every person staff member picture, they're all frowning. 
I, there's nothing that makes me want to go there or they're not answering my questions and they're not putting stuff that's out there that uh, I want to know. So I use a website a lot to explore. That's the same thing on e-commerce with like Amazon and people look at the reviews and a lot of the stuff or eBay or whatever. Okay. So a lot of college students are going to click. They're going to try to figure out, you know, are you legit or not? And so having a website and then just putting the tracking pixel, it does not allow you to know who that person is, but it does say in an anonymous way, you've had a hundred people that have come to your ministry site and 98 of them have left within three seconds. Well, that, that's probably not great. Or, you know, everybody's getting to this one page and now they're leaving. Or maybe the positive. We have this video of a testimony of a student and it's been watched a thousand times in the last six months or, or whatever. That kind of information you can get when you install the pixel. So specifically for ads on Facebook or Instagram, you want to put the Facebook pixel on your website. It's free. It's Honestly, it's not hard. If you've built a website on WordPress or whatever you have, there's plugins. It's really, really easy to do. Okay, very easy. That, though, is going to let you be able to run ads just to people that have come to your website. So that's the cool thing. If you, if you imagine you've had 100 students that have come to your website, wouldn't you love to be able to say something to those 100 students? Well, that's what you can do. That's retargeting. So there's a course on my website about this, how to get started, but you need a Facebook business account. You don't have to use it on Facebook. You can just use the Instagram side of it. But that's the first step that I would tell people. And then the other step later on, because it's totally different, is the Google side. And that's where you begin to do Google ads, where if somebody is searching, like they're saying, you know, is what college ministries are available in you know St. Louis, Missouri, or whatever, wherever they are, that's where your results can show up. Plus, you can use this for research to know what kind of questions your age demographic is asking. And, and that's that's just another bit of research. So if you do, like if you have, I don't know, midweek or weekend worship gatherings or whatever, and you would want to do a sermon series that really speaks to the questions they're asking, Google can show you the volume of questions and what questions people are asking. All right, that's called keywords and there's long phrases. There's a lot to this, but those are the two ones. The easiest one to get started on, in my opinion, is the Facebook side and then just do some really basic stuff. So honestly, I would say the first step that you need to do is take a course or go on Google, go to Facebook, get signed up on an account. You need a credit card, right? But you choose how much you spend. You choose all of those things. That's what's going to at least get you started on it. And then make sure you have the pixel installed on your site so you can see what's happening. How many people are coming? How many, what are they doing on your website? And that's really valuable information because uh, I think a lot of times we're scared of data, but data is super powerful and it can tell us what's happening. And it can also show what the Holy Spirit himself is doing <coughs> among that group of the people that you're trying to reach. And so that's the very first thing that I would do. And then probably download like Canva or a couple other apps that are out there. If you do a Google search, you'll, you'll see them. So you don't have to be a huge graphic artist. You can, you can just use some of those. Always put your logo on them, though, so that people know it's coming from your campus ministry. So even if you don't put ads out. Just do that. Start regularly putting content out on your channels. And don't don't make it weird. Twitter, you know, people can post Twitter multiple times a day. You don't want to sit there and post 20 things to like Instagram. Like the, you just learn the rhythms of each of these channels that you're working in. So usually I tell people, pick one, learn it, 
And then you can go on and do some other ones and, and continue to learn through that process. So that that's probably what I would recommend for you. And none of those things until you run ads have to cost any money. Um, I'm going to share a story. So we, um, our ministry last year, um, took some steps in trying to see how, how the social media marketing works. And John does a whole, whole lot with it. And, um, it was really, really telling. And, um, I think, um, I really appreciated his wisdom that, uh, uh, with the baseball metaphor as, as far as swinging and lots of swings, the more swings, the more chances you have of hitting the ball. And, um, we found that definitely to be true. Um, but a cool story that from Keller, I'll let him share how we've seen, seen God use this through an ad. Um, and this was in the context of just like trying to make people aware of, Hey, we're on campus and here's where we are. So, yeah. So we, we just, well, I, I say we, but it was Becca and Kristen just went out with their phone and shot a couple short 15, 30 second videos and honestly, we didn't think they worked because when we asked students why they came, nobody ever checked stuff. But um, just what, like a month ago, um, the student president of, of SCF out at USI shared just a short video testimony that we put on Instagram. And she actually told us in that we had no idea. She said, I would have never come to SCF, but one of the first weeks I was on campus, I saw this short ad and I said, I want to go check that out. And we were the only campus ministry she came to. And she came and got connected. And now... She's our student president. <laughs> so we don't know how many other students it connected, but it got us a really great leader for the coming year. <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's really neat uh, to try to experiment and learn what the ads that we did. Um, they were, we targeted them for kind of like welcome week. Um, and did ads, you know, every few days that were about, hey, we're excited that you're, we're student Christian fellowship. We're excited that you're coming to campus. We can't wait to meet you. Like there's some ads that are just general, like, hey, we exist. We're excited you're coming. And then, and it was like on my phone with students in, in the front of a like landmark building on campus. Like it was not professional by any means. Um, and then we would do another ad uh, a couple of days later. That was about, hey, we're having this big kickoff kickoff event. You should come. And and um, lots of people saw the ads for sure. It definitely worked, but it also told us a lot about how we can maybe tweak or make tweak the ads, make them a little better and more effective to get a little more specific. And um, so it's definitely it's definitely a process. It's, it's not necessarily like a bam, all of a sudden you've got, you know, all these people flooding your doors. It's a just like anything else, it's a experimenting a lot to find the sweet spot and to see where people are landing to better like reach people. So I just wanted to share that. Yeah, that's awesome. A trial trial for us and how we try to adapt and try to try to see that. That's awesome. I I think, you know, um, like I said earlier, you all are working in, I would say one of the hardest contexts for this. So you just, you have to understand that this could take three to six months before you see any results from it. 
And so that's where that grit and grace, you just got to be consistent on it. All I know is that the people you're trying to reach, they are on their phones. Like you all know that that's where they are. So why wouldn't we not want to speak truth and show availability to them in where they're at? And so whether that's through paid or just being consistent on Instagram, putting out really cool videos and pictures and just being real and authentic, um, that's fine. You know, that, that, that you, it'll work. I've, I, I have not yet found a country or a location where it hasn't worked. And so I know it's going to be harder for you all in campus ministry areas, but I, I just, I think it can work. I think it can be an addition to what you're already doing for sure. All right. Well, there's just a portion of some of the questions, the testimony, and some answers of mine to this gathering of campus ministers. So Becca and Keller and all of you that are out there on our campus ministries in the United States, or maybe even just all around the world, thank you for all that you're doing to try to make Jesus famous. And for all of you who listen to this podcast, my prayer is for you. You are my heroes. Please keep testing, keep pushing, keep trying to do everything you can to leverage every tool possible to find those people who desperately want to know who Jesus is. Until next time, take care. Thank you for listening to the Christian Media Marketing Podcast. We hope you subscribe to it and that you'll share it with those who are also laboring for the Lord to find seekers in their contacts. May God bless you in all you do for Him and for His kingdom.